0: Welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita, and today is Friday, May the 28th, 2021. T-G-I-S, thank God. It's Friday. truly, I give an honor to God, um, and I thank God for each and every one of you for Joining prayers for your day anytime Monday through Friday between seven AM and eight AM and I always give God thanks for you and for what He's doing in your life. The people, places and things in the lives of, of those people, the places and the things that He has divinely and intentionally laid upon your heart to be a blessing to. Um, y'all, it's Friday and I'm so glad. It's not that it's been a a hard week, but it's been a long week. It's like every day this week. I kept thinking, like yesterday, I thought yesterday was Friday. And so every day, it's like I've been a, a day behind or a day ahead of what it's actually been. So I thank God for a three-day weekend. Amen. For For those of you who have to work on this weekend, and on uh, Monday, I pray that you get some time to rest and get some time to spend with family and friends. That That is important. Um, as we just live life, you realize the importance of your family and you realize the importance of friends, true friends, um, that come alongside you, that encourage you, that uplift you, that sends you encouraging words, that intercede on your behalf. What have I What I have learned as I have grown older, which you don't necessarily get when you're growing up as a kid, because as a kid you think you always have to be in your friends' faces and you always got to be doing something and you always got to be on the phone and you always got to be hooking up and you always got to be, you know, it's like you just constantly have to be together. You know, I'm sure you can think about, Friends that you've had, where you can't, you, you, uh, if you see one, you know, uh, you if you see one, you're going to see the other, you know, because that's just kind of how you think friendship is supposed to be. But as you grow older, you understand that you have close friends in your life that you may not talk to every day, that you may not see, you know, but a couple of times a year. But Spiritually, you know this person is a true friend, and they know that they can reach out and you can reach out because the true definition of a friend is not one that um, you have to be with all the time, that you have to talk to all the time, but one that you have to that that you have to be in relationship with, of course, but one that you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you call on this person, they're going to be there that they are concerned about you, and when they think of you, they are praying for you. That's just where I am in my life. I'm I'm done with surface-level friendships. I, I'm done with, um. and what I mean by that, if you're an associate, you're an associate, and I don't have any issue with that. Or if you're a colleague, I can call you a colleague. But when I say this is my friend, that means something to me. That means something to me. When I say this is my brother and sister in Christ, that means something to me. That means that we have a divine connection. We didn't we didn't force it. We didn't um, make it happen, but God but God orchestrated it. God orchestrated the relationship, and so I just want you to I want to encourage you to just think and give thanks to God for the relationships that he has orchestrated in your life that you know are divine, that you know are intentional. And thank God for those relationships. As you go through life, you realize that truly you only have a handful of people that you can count on uh, in terms of friends. You really only have a handful of people that you truly can depend on outside of God the Father, and so think about those people. If you haven't talked to them in a while, send them send them a text message, call them up, and let them know, hey, you're you're you're, you're one, you're 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 one of mine, one of my friends, and thank them for their friendship. Let them know how much you love and honor them for who they are in your life. And that brings us kind of to what we want to meditate on this week. As my daughter was getting dressed this morning and she's ending her sophomore year and she's so excited about entering into her junior year, uh, I say, you know, I was like, oh, you want to be an upperclassman? So I had to explain. I guess people don't talk like that anymore. I don't know. But we used to say, you know, you're a junior or a senior in high school, you're an upperclassman. But anyway, as I was talking to her about that, I – I thanked her. I thanked her for being a good student these last two years. I thanked her for me not having to worry about, and her father not having to worry about her grades, not having to worry about uh, if she was keeping up with her homework, if she was doing what she was supposed to do, because she's stayed on top of her work, and then I thought about my older daughter and i thought wow i need to I need to thank her uh because she's a hard worker she's a um she's a junior she's gonna get ready to be a senior at um at one of the universities here in the state and I said i need to thank her because she's continuously brought her g p a up Uh, continuously brought it up. She has worked. She's a certified nursing assistant. She got her certificate in high school, and now she is doing that, and I think, I always think, man, you have to have a heart to do that work. You have to have a heart to uh, clean up after people that you don't know. You have to have a stomach. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for allowing your parents to focus or your caregivers to focus on the things that they need to focus on while you focus on the things that you need to focus on as a young person. Thank you for that. And for parents and caregivers, take a minute to thank your children. Now, I know every child's works go on, as my mother uh, says, all their little works go on, meaning none of us are perfect, you know. And for the most part, there is something good in every person. Take time to thank them for the good that you see. And then thank God in advance for completing the work in them that has yet to be complete. Because God said that he would perfect those things concerning us. If you are a parent or a caregiver or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, you are concerned about the young people in your family. But when we pray for them, when we leave them at the altar, God said he would perfect those things concerning us. And then so we thank him and we praise him for what he is doing in their life, and then we thank them for the right choices that they have made. We thank them for doing their schoolwork and getting things turned in or for working hard and going to work every day or whatever, or paying their own insurance. I don't care what it is. Find something to thank the young people in your life for to encourage them. Because if we don't encourage them, the world will. The world will encourage them by doing evil. If they've got a uh, if they've got a nice body and if they can twerk good or whatever, the world will encourage them to keep doing that. They'll give them likes on their page. They'll show them hand claps and they'll do all of those things, encouraging them to keep twerking. And you might think, well, twerking is the most horrible thing you can do or, you know, I, that's crazy or that's too sexual or whatever. That's my point. If we don't find something good to encourage one another about, then know that the world in some way will encourage them to do something that we don't want them to do. So let's find something to encourage our young people about. Let's find something so that the world does not take, you know, take what we've invested in, what we're believing God to do, and turn them a different way because they are encouraging them. Find something to encourage them about because that will encourage them. My daughter was so, she was just beaming, and she was like, well, it's not like I had a choice. But I said, well, that's true. But really, she she did have a choice. She had a choice to be disobedient and not do her schoolwork. You know, she she had a choice. You know, what, what could I have really done if she just decided, well, I'm not doing it. You can only punish a kid so much. You can only, if you believe, laying laying on hands on children, you can only do that so much. But at the end of the day, they have a choice. So let's encourage them when we see them doing the right thing. Let's encourage them when we see them doing the right thing. And the scripture that um, the Lord laid on my heart was, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. When you look at other translations, the King James Version says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. The Passion Translation says, And in the midst of everything, be Always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. The Amplified Version says, In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. On today and on this weekend rejoice always. Seek after the joy of the Lord. I know everybody wants to be happy. I know we're living in a culture of happy. I know we're living in a culture of selfishness where it's my life and I want to be happy. And I don't care about what this is doing to my kids. And I don't care about what this is doing to my spouse. And I don't care about what this is doing to my job it's about me being happy the bible talks about joy know that the joy of the lord is your strength and the bible says for us to to rejoice always even when things are difficult even when things are hard even when we don't understand it even when we don't know why it happened Even when we feel like we keep talking to God, but he's not talking back, the Bible says rejoice always and pray continually. That doesn't mean go in your prayer closet and lock the door and stay in there 24 hours and have somebody bring you food and have somebody bring you water, but it means pray continually on your job, in the car, while you're doing dishes. Offer up a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Sometimes it's just saying, thank you, God. You see a car accident, it's like, Lord, please don't let anybody be hurt as I approach this accident. uh, Speaking life over dead situations. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Even in situations of health, give thanks. Even in situations of separation or divorce, give thanks. Even in situations of financial turmoil, give thanks. Even when your kids may not be doing what you've asked them to do, give thanks. Give thanks in every situation. Why? Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus somebody might be asking God how is this your will in my life because for whatever reason God has allowed it we may never understand it there are so many things I think I probably could write a book that I don't understand so many things I don't understand but God also tells us, lean not into our own understanding. See, this brain is powerful, and this brain, God gave us this brain to comprehend. And in that comprehending, there are a lot of things he has allowed our brain to function in a way that we do understand, but there are a lot of things that we will never, ever understand but we rest in God. We rest in rejoicing, we rest in praying, and we rest in giving thanks in all circumstances. It's not always easy to give thanks when you're hurting. It's not always easy to give thanks when you're hungry and you don't know where your next meal is coming from. It's not always easy to give thanks even when God is promoting you and elevating you, but you don't have anyone to share that with, a, a spouse to share that with, it's not always easy. Even when things are going right, to give God thanks because you're you're wondering, well, God, what what happened to this relationship? What happened to this person? I thought they were supposed to be here with me to enjoy what it is you're doing in my life. But know this, that when you're rejoicing, when you're praying, and when you're giving thanks, that God is moving on your behalf. He is orchestrating people in your life and people out of your life. There's this saying that says that God removed them from your life because he heard conversations that you didn't. Some pastors said that. I didn't say it. And I can't tell you who because I watched so many different pastors and and watched so many things, but they said the reason why God removed them from your life is because he heard conversations that you did not. See, God knows things that we are not privy of because he sees everything and he's a wise God. And sometimes God will move you out of the way or will not allow something to happen in your life because he knows how it's going to turn up for you at the end. And he would rather allow you to hurt now than for you to hurt later. See, there, there's no way. And then sometimes God allows it because he wants to bless you in a way that you've not been blessed before, and he wants you to know that he did it. We can never say that God is a healer if we've not had to be healed or if we've not personally watched him heal anybody close to us. We cannot say that God is a way maker if we've been always able in our own strength to make ways ourselves. We cannot say that God is a comforter if we've never needed God to comfort us in grief, in loneliness, in in when our heart has been broken. We can never say that God is the one that orders our steps when we've been able to plan everything, and it's gone the way that we planned. It's only when God starts turning us left and right and left and right, and we're like, oh, God, what is he doing, and what is this, and I didn't think I was going to be here, but I'm here. How did I get here? Then we say, oh, he orders my steps according to his word. Then we say, oh, he's Jehovah Rapha, a healer, because he healed my mama or he healed my husband or he healed me physically, emotionally. We can't call him Jehovah Jireh our provider until we're going from paycheck to paycheck and we look and we think, oh my God, he's exceeded my expectations financially. I've got more money in the bank than I ever thought I would have. My home is almost paid off. My God, I can be a blessing to to an organization or to a charity that needs some help, I can put some money in here for a scholarship for a child that doesn't have it. Come on. God's will for us, what he has allows in our, our life is to strengthen us in him, but ultimately it's. Enough to have someone in your life, and it could have been your mother, it could have been your father, it could have been your grandmother. Doesn't matter. That really loves you, and you and say you did call them grandmama, right? Grandmama, right? All of those things, the things that you remember the most with grandma. Some of it could be because what she used to buy you, right? But what you really remember most about grandma is the level of intimacy that you had with grandma. Maybe it was just cooking with grandma, and she made you laugh, and she, you know, talked to her recipes, right? I remember my grandmother, we used to call her Mama May, and what would make me laugh about my grandmother is that she would just be sitting out there looking out the window, just looking out the window, you know, and and, and just would tell you everything that's going on in the neighborhood. But 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 I remember what she would do in other people's lives. She would take anybody in, and she would tell us stories and things. And you know, I just I remember her face. I can't tell you she well she did used to give me gifts and stuff, but that's not what I remember her for. I remember her character. And I loved her for the woman that she is, not so much for what she did. Even though she did some things, that was a byproduct of her character, of who she was as a person. Your mother, your father, yes, you loved them, but you, when you think back about why you really loved them, it was because of their character, how you saw them operating. But the intimate moments of having conversations with them, of the things that you taught me, there are so many things now as I look back and I just kind of get teary-eyed when I think about my mother, and she's still alive today, but I get teary-eyed because I realize of all the things that she poured into me that I didn't appreciate growing up, but I appreciate them so much now. Those intimate things she would say that would just drop in my spirit. And that's how the word of God works. And who is God? God is the living word. That's how he works. The things in the word that just drop in your spirit. And you think, oh, thank you, God. Mm, Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. As you see things happening in your life and it's just like, God God will bring you back in remembrance of his word. Just like you remember some of the things your daddy told you or your mama told you or your grandmother told you. Our God, our heavenly father brings those words back into remembrance and you just say, thank you, God. Because you said you would never leave me nor forsake me and you haven't. Thank you, God, because you said you would be my husband, and you have been. Thank you, God, because you said that you would give me houses I did not build and dreams I did not dream. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you said that if i be willing and obedient, I would eat the good of the land, and you are showing me the good land. Hallelujah. So give thanks to God in all circumstances. He loves you so much. If there's anybody listening today and you think God has forgotten about you, know that he loves you. Oh, he loves you so much. And I love you too. And your other brothers and sisters in Christ are praying for you. And God is going to complete the work that he has started in your life. I love you all. Have an awesome weekend. Bye-bye.